The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All Things Covered listeners and viewers, once again, we back. My guy, Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, you guys know how we rock and roll. It's a great day to be alive. Every day is a great day to be alive. So, Pat P., let's take advantage of it. With that being said, you know what time it is. It's the first quarter of our show. It's time for the check in. Saints recap coming back across the pond, as they say it. Right, Pat P.? Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Across the pond, the guys are back home, back in the States. Uh, big opportunity for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, an opportunity to, to stack another win, and they were able to do so. The Saints recap the Vikings win, and a thriller, to say the least. Game-winning field goal, 28-25. What was – hey, Eric, what was my, my score prediction? Do we have that? I forgot what I said. I think you said I, for 16. 20-something to 16, right? I think so. I think I think I said something like 24, 16, 23, 16. But who cares what my prediction was? Well, you know what? Screw that. Yes, we got to care because I said the Vikings will win. And guess what? The Vikings did win. So, Pat P., man, you were there, had a front row seat for everything that took place on the football field. Tell us, what was the atmosphere like in London? Man, the atmosphere was dope. It was pretty cool just to be, you know, playing across, like you said, playing across the pond, playing in front of the, the Euro fans. And uh, it was kind of like a mixed crowd. You know, there was, you know, cheering and booing. And it was kind of pretty cool because it was a mixed emotion in that game, just as it was in the uh, in the stands as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and saying that and seeing that it was a split crowd, there were a lot of Viking fans there. What was it like to see Skull Nation representing you guys? Man, I wasn't surprised uh, to see the Skull Nation uh, come through. Um, you know, those guys are always on the road with us, no matter where we're playing. You know, so, you know, it, it's, it's always great to see your, your fans travel with you and, and the support that they're continuing to give us throughout the season. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, since the, the organization's been in existence, you know, they got one of the, you know, one of the be better fan bases across the NFL for sure. 
And Pat P, you had the, the opportunity to play, you know, across the pond, you know, a few times in your career. Is there any difference for you, this particular experience with the Minnesota Vikings, getting there later in the week than getting there earlier, earlier in the week for prep? I, I, I kind of like the way we did it, you know, this go around going later in the in the week, have an opportunity to have your give your body a, a quicker opportunity to turn around and not really being, you know, on London time, but in your mind, you're still on U.S. time, you know, so yeah. I thought it was good for us to go on the uh, on the later schedule. I thought our bodies turned out very, uh, really well. Um, guys woke up very uh, rejuvenated and ready to go. So uh, I'm more, uh, and plus we won. So <laughs> I'm more favorable to the uh, the late the later schedule for sure. Well, what was the reaction uh, Sunday morning when you heard that the inactors for for the Saints included Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara? But we kind of heard the news Saturday, you know, honestly. So we kind of knew going into the game that, you know, certain guys wasn't going to play Saturday at least. You know, it was always up in the air throughout the week, you know, hearing that the guys wasn't practicing, you know, so wasn't quite sure, you know, how, you know, what which way it was going to go. And we know that those guys play a lot of ball, so don't really necessarily need, you know, the practice time, just make sure that they have, you know, their film study in and getting their looks you know, on the practice field from the sideline as, uh, as much as possible. But when we finally got the news, you know, the final, final, you know, news that we're going to be playing against uh, Andy Dalton, kind of, you know, I, not our attitude, but I won't necessarily say the game plan switch, but, you know, uh, it was a little different because planning, planning for Jamison, you know, you kind of saw some tendencies, some things that he liked to do, some of the shots he liked to take. You know, so he, we we felt that, you know, the ball game was going to be um, highly in our favor of trying to cause turnovers. And we all know when Andy get in the game, he's a guy that's going to take what you give him. You know, he's not a mm -hmm. that quarterback um, that Jameson is. So, um, you know, he didn't really give us many opportunities. He, he did a good job of putting the ball where it needed to be. Um, you know, of course, defensive line made a couple – um, key key pressures to get the ball off, uh, get the ball off him uh, for a key turnover in that game. Mm -hmm. Try to make him as uncomfortable as possible. You know, if you go back and look at that game, as soon as he come off that back that back tick, as uh, Coach Ko talked about that back uh, that back uh, that back step, mm -hmm. uh, third or fifth step, that ball is coming out. You know, so he's a guy that he knew where where he was going the ball and try to get get it out of his hand quick as possible. Well, in regards to the Saints defensively, man, your good friend, your homeboy, the Badger, Tyron Matthews, he showed that he still got a lot left in the tank with an outstanding pretty interception. Uh, I don't know if you actually saw the play, but if you did, can you, you know, tell us a little bit about what you saw on that play that led to a nice interception by Tyron Matthews? Yeah, I saw the play. I wasn't standing up on that particular play um, because I think it was early in the drive. So I had just sat down and got like a drink, a drink of water. Um, or whatever, and I saw it on the big screen on the uh, on the jumbo, and I think it looked like it was in a in a a cover two, if I'm not mistaken, because Herb kind of slipped from behind the corner um, up the sideline. I don't know, you know, if Kurt thought he had him by himself or he thought it was a zero. Um, I don't know what the case was there, but he made a great break on the ball um, by keeping his feet in bounds and um, getting his first interception. I just say. Yeah, it was a beautiful play. But luckily enough for the, for the Vikings, they were able to fight through that 
And that turnover was just a turnover. It didn't help the Saints win anything because, of course, the Saints lost. Man, some somber news to say the least, Pat P. Man, how big of a blow was it to see rookie safety, first-rounder Lewis Seen, uh, who's been battling different injuries since being drafted, you know, but this one is clearly more serious, a compound fraction, man. How tough was it to see uh, Seen go through that injury? It was very tough seeing Lewis on the ground, man. I knew it was pretty serious. Um, the length he was on the ground for, you know, Jen, then when it started, you know, asking, you know, to get the card out and a couple of guys who was on the field saying that the injury was pretty bad, you know, I knew it was going to be a, a long road of recovery for him. But, you know, Lewis, um, he has a good uh, supporting cast around him as far as the DBs here, um, you know, and his family. You know, I know he has his family in his corner for sure. Um, it's just tough to see a young guy go down with that type of injury. But like I said, the support cast that he has around him is just going to have to make sure that he continues to keep the faith, continue to stay strong, and uh, understand that, you know, it's just a bump in the road. You know, it's a big bump in the road, but it's, it's still a bump in the road that he can overcome. And I definitely, definitely see him overcoming as well. And one thing I don't like about the international play, right, it's great for the fans. It's great and globalizing the sport and trying to globalize the sport even more. But if something like this happened, he has to stay over there and get surgery. Yeah. That's the one thing. You know what I mean? You want to be in, in your comfort zone as much as possible, right? You know what I mean? So is he back here with you guys, or is he still in London? Um, I'm not sure. You know, I haven't, I haven't heard anything or got any updates, you know, far as the surgery or if he's still there. All I know that he did have to have to get surgery there. That's the only thing that I do know. He didn't fly back with you guys. I know they made that known like instantly at the end of the game when we found out what the injury is. But I mean, that's that's tough. You're in a foreign place. You know what I mean? Dealing with doctors who you probably don't not you don't know. You right. know what I mean? And who knows how long you might have to be in that foreign place, in a foreign atmosphere. So that's something that clearly I think the NFL need to be mindful of. Let's talk about some exciting news with you guys. You know, it seems like every time there's a turnover, Pat P, you, you, you're in the front of the pack. You know, when a defense force a turnover, in this case, you did you get a chance to pick up Chris Boyd's helmet and tell him to put it back on? You said, did I get a chance to? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I told him to put his helmet back on, man. I put it back <laughs> on for him. <laughs> exactly, because you, do, you don't want to have a great play and then get get hindered with a, a penalty because you know that's a that's a flag when you take your helmet off got about some 15 yards and especially the way that he threw it off i was like hey man what you doing put your helmet back on that's 15 yards <laughs> no question no question no question how would you how did you rate uh how, how would you rate alexander's madison sipping tea celebration i thought it was dope because you know what's so crazy about that is i forgot to do that with harrison phillips because that's what we wanted to do well, I didn't let them know that. This is what I wanted to do because I knew it was going to end up making the play, having yeah. football as the um, as the uh, as a kiddo, and everybody just hold their cups up and you know you just pour your hot water or whatever. You get your tea bag, you, you dip it, <laughs> pinkies up. No question, no question. I like I like it. It, it was it was. It got to the point where you knew exactly what he was doing. You know what I mean? So I really like it on that end. Individually speaking, Pat P, man, the second half, man, they were throwing, they were coming at you. They were trying to give you some action. Can you break down your back-to-back PBUs in the second half? Oh, uh, the first one, yeah, I think I was backside against uh, the very skillful tight end. Um, I can't really even remember his name. 
Um, but yeah, he's a, uh, you know, he was known as, you know, he, he's, he was a converted, he's a converted tight end. Matter of fact, he was a receiver last year for him. I cannot remember his name right now, but anyway, uh, Johnson. Yeah. Johnson, uh, Jawan Johnson, Johnson, Jawan Johnson. Um, and we knew that in that personnel that they come out in, that they try to, you know, utilize him in the passing game. And they ran that route a couple of times, um, on tape and I noticed it. It was like a little seven stop. I wish I would just would have saw the ball a little earlier because I could have picked it. Forgot about it, and I knew he had. And the reason I did knock it down because he already pretty much had position to secure the catch. So if I would have had, you know, I wouldn't. It wouldn't have made no sense for me to come all the way back around and try to get my arms up. And he still got the ball. Now it's a tussling match, and you know the refs gonna give them the ball uh, nine times out of ten. But I ended up making a a, a wise decision late by batting it down. Uh, and the second one, uh, third and four, um, we was in a, a little squat technique. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I was trying to bait him up into throwing the, the five yard out because we know they like that chair concept, um, especially when the, when the when the ball is near me as far as on my hash. And the chair concept is number two running a five yard out and number one pretty much running a, a, a nine ball. So. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to get hands on it, but I was trying to bait Andy up into throwing that five yard out. But he ended up didn't he end up did not throw in the five yard out because I I think he kind of saw me not you know moving mm -hmm. um, a good bit, or I think he read the safety if I'm not mistaken. So he obviously saw the safety go over the top. Um, didn't obviously knew it wasn't a man to man defense, um, and then that's when he tried to fit it in the honey hole, and I made a play on that one as well. No question. Big time plays. And, you know, you're getting closer and closer week by week. So we know that interception coming. Just be prepared to hold on to it, as I'm sure you will, based on your your ball skills that you have. You're going to hold on to it. But try to get some yak. One thing you've emphasized to me on on past episodes that, you know, you, you, you wanted to be a better tackler. And tell us about the open field tackler, shoestring tackle on a big back in Latavius Murray. Man, um, yeah, that was definitely a point of emphasis for me coming into this season. Um, just to um, just to tackle better, you know. I just feel like you know it's something I I necessarily didn't work on. I know it's a lost art, especially in the league, because it's something that we don't you know work on every single day like you're in college. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, every single day you're working your form, you're working your tackle. So it's something that I just took upon myself to just really harp on, just on just being in position, understanding you know how to tackle certain people in open in open space. And with a guy like um, like uh, uh, the back who I had, Lat uh, Latavius, who uh, in an open field, you know, he's a six four, two thirty, coming field. Mm -hmm. I have no, I, I had no choice but to tie shoe because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to end up on Sports Center or on the sideline uh, of the Saints on, uh, on that play. <laughs> no question, no question. Hey, before we get to the end of the game, let's dive into a nice combo. I know you're excited to have, and that's regarding PFF, right? Let's talk about PFF and the grades. They've given our very own Pat Pete in four weeks of play. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this thing down week by week, right? It's four weeks already uh, that has been played. In week one, uh, I, I would assume this 55.8 rating defense, that's in total defense, I guess, they gave you a, that's overall defense. So overall defense, they gave you first week, a 55.8. Run defense, they gave you an 80.9. 
tackling, they gave you a 78.7. In coverage, they gave you a 50.5 coverage. So in week one, four receptions allowed on six targets for a total of 51 yards. So in week two, uh, they gave you a better grade. That's what gets me sometimes. Five. Because I, I clearly was in cover two in a couple of those. I knew exactly. In week one? Right. Okay. But, it, but keep going. Okay. So week two, they gave you a better overall defense grade, 63.5. Run defense, 75.3. Tackling, it went down based on their rating, 52.6. Coverage, it went up to 59.6. One reception allowed on one target for 13 yards. So you, only, you got targeted once, you allowed one reception. Week three, overall defense uh, grade of 63.8. Run defense, 62 0.6 tackling went all the way up to 78.7 coverage increased to 63.6 one reception allowed on seven targets for 23 yards so they targeted you one seven times you allowed one and this past ball game against the saints uh, your best defensive overall grade thus far 72.4 your run defense six 64.2 tackling 76.6 coverage increased as well 72.6 Three receptions allowed on six targets for 33 yards. So, so far this season, on 20 targets, Pat P has allowed nine receptions for 120 yards, zero touchdowns, a passer rating of 64.6 when targeted. So you're, the, you're rated as the 40th graded corner. You're rated as the 10th uh, cornerback for run defense. You're rated 32 uh, in tackling, and you're rated 79 cornerback for coverage grade. Notable others on this list for overall cornerback play. Denzel Ward is at 93. Marshawn Lattimore is at 87. A.J. Terrell is at 46. Marlon Humphreys at 38. All right. What did they get wrong, Pat P? <laughs> I don't know what I won't necessarily got. I won't necessarily say they got. I just want to know what's the grading process. Like how, like for, for, for an example, you give up one, one, one reception on seven targets, 23 yards. That's again, I had two PBUs. Yep. As my coverage rating was 63. I mean, you only gave it one reception. I, I would think seven out of seven, out of seven targets. Out of seven targets, you only give it one for 23 yards. I would think that would be higher than 63, right? Or on a grading scale of 100. And on top of that, two of those PBUs was on third downs. Which is huge. So I just want to know how they go about the grading. I don't have a problem with that. I just, my biggest thing is how do you go about the grading? And <clears throat> going back on week, on week one, like how can you say I gave up four reception and my coach said I gave up two and the other two was on, on in, in, in a cover two? Mm-hmm. That's not my responsibility. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So I I just want to and, and last week, from my knowledge, I gave up two catches. I don't know where the third one came from. I gave up the fourth, the fourth down, and I gave up the one to um to uh uh to, to 12 across the middle. I don't know where the third catch came from. Yeah, they say you gave it three on three receptions on six targets. That's what I so they they must be talking about the uh the Latavius tackle because I was in that space. That was that's, that's a whole running back. That's, that's the yeah. Pass and I you weren't playing man to man on the running back. Right. And that's the only other pass I can think of that I had to tackle because I had three tackles. 
Mm. I don't know. Where do you think you should be graded higher? Um, my overall, especially in a couple in a a couple in in a couple of those games, for sure. Like even we can even go back to Justin. Justin just had last week. He got an overall grade of a sixty-nine. This dude Mm. had a ten catches for one hundred and forty-seven yards. Three catches plus twenty. And a rushing and a rushing t- uh, touchdown. How is that a sixty now overall? Jordan uh, uh, Jordan Hicks, one of the leaders, uh, one of the stars of our defense, tackling machine, tackling machine. He gets a grade of a fifty three. That's spelling, right? Mm-hmm. That's nah. what I'm trying to figure out. Like, where are they get? How are they grading? Like, what is the grading system? Yeah, I see that you got run defense. I see you got tackling. I see you got all of this. Like, but what goes like? So you're saying if it's a run play, right? And the guy, um, he doesn't you he doesn't hit his gap. Are you taking a are you are you are, are you taking a minus on that? How do yeah. you know what responsibility he got? You're not even his coach. That's the thing. That's and I was gonna ask you. You know what bothers you the most? You know what I mean? Kind of. You kind of answered that question also. And do you have an issue with the way the fans or the media use these stats sometimes to uh, label a player, the way GMs use these stats when it comes to free agency, all of that, right? That, that You feel some type of way, right? No doubt about it, because last time I checked, I, I grade out on average a 89, mm-hmm. on average. And that's from my From your coach. That's from your coach. Who knows the game? Who know what responsibility I'm in? Who know when I should who, when I should win this route? You know what I mean? Who knows the ins and out of the game? Yeah. My first week, week one, I graded a 92. Mm-hmm. Week two, I graded an 80. I think an 80, a 87 because I missed a couple. T- I think I missed one tackle in that game because my coach. Is well, week one from PFF, they gave you a 55. Right, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's a whole 30 percent off. No question. No question. <laughs> do you, hey, Pappy, do you think there's any chance they knock your grades personally because you speak out against them? Yeah, I, at this point, I don't even care. I just want it to be done right. I'm sure other guys want saying the same things. I just want I, I I just have questions on how are they grading. I'm not knocking the the the, the pro foot the pro football focus because everybody you just want you just want you want clarity on yes, how they're grading people like you just alluded to everybody look at this as the bible gms are looking at oh let's see how pro football focus rate this guy in free agency yeah. then how we want to pay him or how we want to go about our business which yeah. i don't think is a right if you're going to put something out let's put it out the right way or yeah. put at least have some people that have some knowledge of schemes knowing what certain players have to do, be in a grading process. And, and, and talking about your teammate, Justin Jefferson, uh, PFF, they have him ranked the 34th best wide receiver this season. 34. He had a couple, he had, a, what, two quiet weeks. Two quiet, I think, yeah, week two and week three. But I don't think he's the 34th best receiver in the game. Uh, I mean, I, I think if you were the act, so would you ask 10 football fans that question, all 10 would say he's not the 34th best wide receiver. Over Justin right now? Say it again? You going to tell – you mean to just tell me you're going to take 33 other receivers over Justin? No, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. And for the people that probably came up with that ranking, 
for PFF. I'm pretty sure they play fantasy football. They won't take 33 wide receivers over them, over Justin, to be on their fantasy team. Right. <laughs> right? So, so I don't, but like you said, it's more about getting clarity on what they're grading, how they're coming up with their grades, how they're understanding and knowing the scheme of things from both sides of the football, to be able to give the best sound, uh, uh, honest grade as possible. But, hey, Pat P., at least they're saying overall they have you the 40th graded corner in the college in not college football in the NFL right now. So I mean Absolutely. I'm trending. And and they got Denzel, they got Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore who's been in his bag. He 87. AJ Terrell, who's been in his bag, he's 46. Friend of the show had him on the show uh, some months ago. So hey, I'm pretty sure that a lot of other players, current players, have the same concerns, questions that you have, Pat Pete. But with that being said, let's see exactly what they have for next week and the week after that. And we will continue to monitor this, too, as well, PFF. So don't, don't, don't think we just just what and done. We're going to keep paying attention, see what you guys doing. But let's get back to the game, Pat P. What type of resilience did the team show after it was tied up 25 to take the lead again late in the fourth quarter? Man, this team, you know, a lot of the guys who've been on this team, we've seen it all, you know, especially yeah. – a lot of the guys who's coming back from last year's team. So at this point, you know, we're just, we're just sticking in there, man, until the end, you know, we're never, we never feel like we're in a bad situation. You know what I mean? We're just, we just have to execute and do our part, you know, mm-hmm. we do our part. We have a pretty good opportunity of uh, coming out on top. Yeah. And, and one thing I like though, games like this past Sunday, if this was a year ago, you lose that ball game. No doubt about it. And breaks are definitely starting to fall our way, mm-hmm. uh, which we can appreciate. Um, but, you know, we at the same time, you know, we have to take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, we, we can't, you know, it can be, this can be those type of games, like you said, we look back on and be like, man, you remember the double joint? Or, yeah. man, remember, uh, you know, late wheels down 10 with five to go against Detroit. You know what I mean? So, you know, these are the type of memories that, you know, Hopefully, you know, we are going to be able to cherish them, but we'll be able to tell them, you know, coming back, you know, 25 years from now with that purple jacket on as, you know, possibly one of the greatest teams to play in a Minnesota Viking uniform. No question. Well, heck, y'all in the Super Bowl, y'all would be considered the greatest team to ever do so. Because last time I checked, Vikings don't have a Super Bowl, right? For sure. They've been to a lot of them. They don't have so if you can make if you can get that done, ain't no there's no if, ands, or buts. You will get a purple jacket. Last question for you before we transition to our break and get ready for this Bears preview. Is your guy Kirk Cousins getting better at the gritty? <laughs> uh, it didn't look too good. <laughs> look too good, Matt. Hey, he's trying. He's trying. He's trying. He is trying. We got to give. We got to give him credit where credit is, yeah. is due. Yeah. He is trying. That's the most important thing. Yeah, he's definitely doing that. No question. No question. Well, ladies and gents, we're gonna take a quick little timeout, regroup, go over some schemes, and when we come back, it's time to tap in and get ready for what's up coming for the Vikings. Guess what? Another divisional game. The Chicago Bears up next. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Pat P, your next opponent is opponent is a, is a team you know very, very well, playing in your division. This is a very, very important game. It's important for a few reasons. Number one, it's an NFC North opponent. You guys have an opportunity, already having two games in your hand, out of the way, all victories, by the way, to, to get another win within a division. And we know how important winning your division games is when it comes to trying to get that championship crown at the end of the year in your division. You're playing against the Chicago Bears, but before we tap into the Bears, is it weird to go out of the country to London and not have a bye week so you got to get right back into the flow of things and get ready for another opponent. I love it. You like it? Tell us why. Hey man, that iron hot right now, Matt. <laughs> that iron hot, man. We might as well just keep on rolling, man. Keep on rolling. We got a bye week here in two weeks. We got some, uh, you know, like you said, a, a good task in front of us facing a divisional opponent. Then we got to travel down to uh, sunny South Florida next week. Then we're going to have that bye to have an opportunity to regroup they get back going. But, you know, right now, the way, you know, that the momentum and the way the confidence is building with the team, let's keep it rolling. Yeah. And how do you approach a game like this in regards to, you know, your DB, being a DB versus an opponent that throws the ball at a historically low rate? I mean, we're not seeing a lot of passes from the Bears. The Bears are off to one of the worst passing starts this century. Their 67 pass attempts are the fewest by any team through four, four games since the 1982 Patriots. And I saw a stat today. Cooper Cup has more receptions than Justin, not Justin Jefferson, uh, Justin Fields have, have, has as uh, completions. Wow. Like, like Justin Jefferson has 28 receptions. The Bears team has 34. And wow. they only have 471 yards 
as a team receiving yards. Justin Jefferson has 393, two touchdowns tied to two touchdowns. So yes, Cooper Cup has more receptions than Justin Fields has completions. So long story short, their passing game has been out of whack. So I'll ask you this question. Seeing that this team has been consistently bad in throwing the football, is there any added, added pressure for you guys, especially in the back end, to keep that trend going? Um, not really. Just watching them on tape, it's just they really lean on the run. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was just watching them against uh, well, the first game against Green Bay. I saw that game live on Monday night. And it just, they committed to the run. They had some big runs, but they were just committed to the run, man. I don't know if it's, you know, the passing scheme is not set up for uh, Justin Fields at all. Um, I don't know if it's, if, it's, if, if it's not slowing down for him just yet. Um, I, know, I know one thing, he definitely holds on, hold on to the ball a very, very mm-hmm. time when he, when he do drop back and pass. So I don't know if it's a trust factor, you know, so – it's a lot of things that can go uh, into the into the factor why they only thrown the ball 67 times, which is like you said, mind boggling. But I don't believe there's no added pressure on the on the back end as long as we still continue to take away those big, uh, those, big those big plays. You know, when they do want to, uh, you know, play action and boot them and put them on a, on the move and things like that, put those guys in predictable uh, situations. Make sure we stop the run. That's that's going to be very key in this in this in this ball game because these guys are going to heavily rely on the run game. So if we do those things, you know, it can be a hopefully another, you know, another another 22 17 17 day. And <laughs> no question and most importantly too, I mean, you 3 and 1 right now. Just think about how this season has been night and day for our fans watching us and listening to us. Cause remember last year, I can't remember you guys were in your first four games, but I don't think you were three and one. I know that for sure. We had already experienced. Maybe, maybe two and two and two, maybe. Gotta be two and two. I don't think you were three and one, one and three, but yeah. clearly this is a better start. Another opportunity to play against a team that, you know, you, you got to take care of, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And I think that's where it all lies uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, a crazy stat. In regards to the Minnesota Vikings, the Vikings haven't been called for an offensive holding, DPI, face mask, unnecessary roughness, or roughing the passer yet this season. How does that happen, Pat P? Man, we just a clean football team, man. We don't beat ourselves, man. We just, so far, just been a very, very smart football team in all phases. Two-minute warnings, uh, special teams. You know, offense, you know, I know KO is preaching about getting better in the red zone, but other than that, those guys are clicking on all cylinders, you know, defense. You know, we want to continue doing a better job of just slowing down the run and keeping guys out of the end zone when they get in the red zone. But, you know, for the most part, just being just a clean, physical football team, man. That's one thing that KO always harp on um, um, going into each and every game, you know, making sure that we're not beating ourselves. and. That's one element. That's one box that we can check off for sure that, you know, we're not out there you know, putting ourselves in harm's way by racking up penalty yard, yardage on the, um, on the stat sheet. Yeah. Well, you know what time it is. It's prediction time, right? Playing against an offense that has been one-dimensional, haven't really thrown the football a lot. I don't know if you guys will get an opportunity to catch any passes as a defender because they don't throw the football a lot. But with that being said, I got to give a score prediction of 23 to 13 Vikings win. 
Vikings go on to advance to be four and one, which is really good because last year we got the we got the record in the first four ball games. You guys were one and three, and yep. you went off to win two straight, and you became three and three. So this is the opportunity for the Vikings to get to jump to, to to four and one. So for all you listeners and viewers, man, especially in our comments on YouTube, let us know what your prediction would be for this game. Let's see who comes up to be the closest. That let's let's do that. Let's play that little that little guessing game. See if we have the closest prediction score. Uh, predicting the score for this Sunday's ball game at home. It's another home affair. So make sure Viking Nation, man, Skull Nation, and make sure you're there to support. And let's get this 23 to 13 victory in favor of the Vikings. Pat P, it's time to tap into around the league. It's not a lot that we need to discuss. It's one specific topic I want to go over with you. Tua Tunga Valor, right? I know you heard he mm. went to sleep, kind of, on Sunday. Went out for a few ball game for a few plays, came back in against the Buffalo Bills, played, played on Thursday, went, got concussed again, and now it's a big deal. All right. So, of course, personal question for you, understanding and knowing how the NFL they try to police concussions. What are your thoughts on Tua Tonga Valor, the situation in the league's concussion protocols as it stands today? My only thing is. How did they get it wrong? How did they get this wrong? Because you got an independent consultant and you have obviously the team consultant. Everybody in the world saw that that man was concussed. Sunday, they played the Buffalo Bills. You can't tell me that his back and his ankle gave out. First of all, that's the thing. Yes. I ain't never seen nobody back give out before. On the, have you? I never seen somebody back give out that they're stumbling. Number one, I never seen somebody have a back issue, but when they get up, they're shaking their head because they're trying to kind of get themselves together. The only time I did see somebody back give in is when they got something on their back. <laughs> so, That's the thing. Like, right. what is- from, the, from, the, from, the, from the get-go, he was concussed. So yes. that means they didn't run the test. That's the only thing I can come to to conclusion. They did not run no concussion protocol. So this is my theory on it. Last Sunday was a huge game for Miami. At that time, they had an opportunity to improve to being 3-0. They haven't been 3-0 in a long, long time. They were playing against a team in the division, in the Buffalo Bills. It was a big game for Miami. When yeah, I- Tua went down, when it looked like he was concussed, they probably felt, granted, it was still time left in that ballgame, Pat P., if he goes out and he, and he is now out for the remaining or remainder of this game, you don't set a chance of winning. So we got to find a way to get this man back in the game. So what we're going to do is, like you said, we, they might have not properly gave the protocols how it was supposed to have been done, but somehow or another he, quote, unquote, passed the protocols to return to the ball game, which is mind-boggling because nowadays, even when a player looks like he's dazed, they take his helmet. No doubt about it. They, and honestly, they don't even they they don't even ask you. <laughs> you ready to go back in? They're not even asking you. They running the call. They running it. They doing their test. You know, they asking you all type of questions. Because I had a concussion before in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, against Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and yeah, they run through. They run you through all these balance tests. You know, to make mm-hmm. sure your uh, leg, uh, one leg, eyes closed. This, that, and the other, reciting months backwards, uh, all type of stuff. So, um, 
I just I, I if he passed that, that's I mean kudos to him. But he <laughs> definitely was concussed. And yeah. No way around that. Ain't no way around that. Yeah. And I think understanding and seeing now that the NFLPA, number one, I think the NFLPA, they they did not hold the rope. They should have launched an investigation after Sunday's game. Yeah. That's when they should have launched an investigation. Who, who, huh? Who's the doctor? Or who's the consultant? No, nobody's an independent consultant. But for the NFLPA to launch an investigation after Thursday game, it's too late. You should have did that Sunday. You should have figured out why this man looked like he was dazed. Right? His, he was off, couldn't really run. But how did he return back to the ball game? Their job for the NFLPA is to protect the players. I think they did. They dropped the ball in trying to protect to a tongue of our Lord. And then launched an investigation after Thursday. The heck, the damage was already done. He shouldn't have played Thursday. No doubt about it. And I, we need to find out who the doctor is, man. Who the, who the guy is. Well, whoever the independent doctor, you know, they're going to fall on the sword. Because <laughs> they're independent. They're not necessarily tied to the NFL. True. So, and that's why they're saying they're going to now change the concussion protocols, basically saying it weren't good enough. So that's why this mishap happened. So now we're going to put something else in place that we can make sure that it was good. Now the, the protocols are good. You just didn't do them. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if, he, if they took the test, if he passed the test, all of that. But that dude was concussed. I don't care what nobody said. It don't take a rocket science to know. Like you said, that man was concussed, Pat P. Concussed, that man was concussed. We know that for sure. And like you said, like, you know, obviously, you know, the Dolphins seeing the position they was in, playing the Buffalo Bills, the opposition in the uh, in in the division, first time to go 3-0. Rodney Harrison hit it on the head, man. Mm-hmm. He hit it on the head. Your health is way more worth than a damn W of fighting to try to try to play the next play because that next play could possibly be your last. Like, why want to put yourself the, the strongest mind? I mean, the strongest muscle in your body, the best muscle in your body, be at fifty percent mm-hmm. versus at a hundred percent. No question. So, life is much longer, way longer than football. And I, I want guys to be able to enjoy it after because that's when life really begins. You don't have to worry about no damn meetings. You got <laughs> waking up in the morning. You can enjoy your life. And why not enjoy your life with your full senses? Hey, well said. Well said. And we know one thing about the game of football. Sometimes players won't protect themselves. So that's why we got people in place that, that are supposed to protect the players. We just didn't see that at this past uh, weekend and past Thursday, last Thursday, and hopefully we see a better progress in place moving forward. Pat P, we know you got to get prepared for this upcoming ball game. Another outstanding opportunity to show how great you are and your team, how great the team is as well. Divisional four, Chicago Bears will be coming to Minnesota. Minnesota currently one in three, I mean, I'm sorry, three and one. Let me make sure I get that record right. A lot at stake, another division game and trying to improve to be four and one and continuing to stack these victories because that's all that matters, trying to get to that NFC North championship crown. Pat P, go out and go, go get you one, man. Fall into a pick, man. This is, let one hit you dead in the chest. Boom. <laughs> hey, man, let's get this four and one going. Yes, sir. Let's get it.
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.